You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Can you believe it's already February? And welcome to another episode of Ask Drone You. Thanks for being here. Send in those questions, askdroneyou.com. There's actually, you would be surprised, a lot going on that we are not thinking about. But not many of those things matter. But what matters is us getting jobs done, having fun, and living the drone life. So, as always, my name is Paul. <laughs> are you done? Yes. <laughs> my name's Rob. And, uh, yeah, it's been a happy new year. It's already February. It really is. I hope it's a happy new year for y'all. I hope things are off to a great start. We sure appreciate you joining us. We sure appreciate appreciate those of you who uh, take a few minutes to let us know what's on your mind, sending those questions in. We want to hear from you. We want to know how we can help. Uh, that's why we're here, especially on this show in particular. So um, askdroneyou.com. Definitely. We got an interesting question today. I'm not going to lie. Um, this is kind of about navigating all the new drones and the backup, which brings me to an important piece of news that actually matters here. And that piece of news that actually matters is for those of you who do have phantoms still, um, I've gotten a lot of emails, a lot of calls from people who are like, hey, I updated my Phantom 4 Pro and now the third party apps like Pix4D Mapper, Drone Deploy, uh, Litchi, Map Pilot, they don't work anymore. Those apps don't work anymore. Well, it is important to know that if you do update your drone with the latest firmware with the Phantom, that what is going to happen is that the SDK is essentially turned off to be replaced by the Remote ID Broadcast Protocol. Don't forget, you can still comply with that Remote ID by buying um, a module. There's now even a cheaper module available, and I highly recommend that instead of doing the firmware update yourself. So make sure that you uh, that you understand that. I think it's really important. And let's go ahead and get to today's question of the day. Hi guys, longtime listener and member Scott with Pick Adventure Drones over on the western slope of Colorado. I've been in business since 2017 and used this as a part-time gig and have been pretty successful with the training and processes that I've been able to create through the years with your help. So thank you for that. Primarily, I use a Phantom 4 Pro as my everyday workhorse and a Mavic Pro as a backup. That's right. They still exist. I do primarily roof inspections, solar installation inspections, some commercial real estate, and vacant land real estate. So none of my work is necessarily geo-rectified to the point of millimeter accuracy. And after a pretty tough phone call earlier in the last year, it made me realize that I need to be ready for potential search and rescue as well due to my proximity to the Colorado River. Thanks for your training. I would at least know the process of how to get started within that field. So thank you again. So finally to my question. My backup drone, the Mavic Pro, has officially beat the bed. Considering the age of my Phantom, considering having that as my secondary, and maybe having a Mavic 3 Enterprise as my new primary, and that's that's the question. Or should I regretfully pay for a refurbished Phantom 4 Pro for almost the same price, as you can still find them out there? Thanks so much for everything you guys do. 
Really appreciate listening and hope to hear from you soon. Thanks. Thank you, Scott. I really appreciate you listening and learning and sharing the successes that you've had. That is why we do what we do. It's a lot of fun to hear from folks like you who have had the success that you've had. So uh, we appreciate it. And and the question, boy, this is a question that keeps coming up, rightfully so. It's a tough one. It's interesting that you use the word regretfully as it relates to the Phantom Four, and I get it. And I think what you're speaking to is the fact that they have become so expensive for a refurbished one. That's because they still carry so much value. Right. And yet, it's probably not what you would do. Well, I think as I was sitting here thinking about how to answer this question to try to be as specific, succinct, and eloquent as possible, I think it comes down to what are you doing with the drone? Because if you're still doing video jobs and mapping jobs, then the Phantom probably still makes sense. If you're focusing on purely mapping jobs then the Mavic 3 Enterprise probably makes sense for you. The Mavic 3 Enterprise, though, cannot shoot video beyond 4K30. You can't do higher frame rates, even though with a Mavic Air 3, you can do 4K60, or a Mini 4 Pro, you can do 4K60, but you're just telling me that you just can't do that with a larger sensor that's built on another drone that can do that? Yeah, I'm having a hard time believing that. The value of a Phantom 4 Pro is off the charts because you can film 4K 60, 1080p at 120 frames per second. You have attitude mode built into the drone so you can do action sports. You can fly around boats with ease. You can land on boats with ease. When it comes to the Mavic 3 Enterprise, you're not going to be shooting, you know, beautiful establishing shots for a movie. You're not going to be shooting boat commercials. You're not going to be shooting all these other things just because you can't. Uh, you're limited on software stuff. And so I think the answer to the question is, if you're going to be using the drone for video and mapping, stick with the Phantom. It's still it's still king. The sensor is still large enough. I mean, this is like the F-150 of drones. It just keeps going. So, or maybe the Tacoma, whatever whatever truck you're into, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think it's arguable Toyota is probably more reliable. So, um, but that said... Um, uh, maybe the Phantom 4 Pro needs a new moniker. It's like the Toyota Tacoma or Toyota 4Runner. Um, I bring this up because if you're doing it inspection jobs, like cell tower work, you have to use the app Drone Link at Mavic 3 Enterprise. You know, if you're doing um, certain mapping jobs, like the new big ones are these oil and gas sites that are popping up all over the Mountain West. Mavic 3 Enterprise. So um, now if you're like me and you want to film some boat stuff for the dealership and then you need to go film a construction job, well, chances are that a Phantom is still going to reign supreme. So it's interesting, though, because nowadays there's so many drone options that it's like DJI just expects us to buy multiple drones for multiple use cases. You know, we were talking pre-show and like, let's do this new series about best drones for X, Y or Z. And the first thing that came to mind was like construction. I'm like, well, there's a really great drone for remote construction jobs, M30T. There's a really great drone for construction jobs in general, Mavic 3 Enterprise. But now more and more construction jobs are doing fly-through tours into the buildings to check progress where drones can't see from the outside, DJI Avada or, um, you know, the iFlight Defender. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's not Hmm. so simple nowadays. It's bifurcated. Yeah. Wow. What about the Air 3? Where does it fall into that? It, it's The Mavic not Air 3 is, is, you couldn't do the mapping stuff with it yeah. again. And uh, it's what? I think it was like 1500 for the Flymore. 
Was it really? Uh-huh. That's a badass drone though. But it's like the equivalent of a, his Mavic Pro except better. So like the replacement for the Mavic Pro, Mavic 2 Pro, I would argue is the Mavic Air 3. Remember how big that thing was? When you pulled it out of the package, I was like, yeah, wow, that's actually sizable. It's probably very similar to the Mavic Pro. Oh, 100%. But obviously much more capable with the various sensors and so forth. Yeah, having the zoom is really impactful. Being able to shoot that portrait video is amazing. But for things like what he's talking about doing, it's not going to be versatile enough, versatile enough. Yes. And you brought up the M30T. I was going to ask you, where does that fall into it? It's going to cost more, but the price has come down quite a bit. The price has come down significantly on that. It's almost like DJI is saying we compete with Skydio's new $30,000 drone, but our drone's seven grand. Yeah. And then... Is seven grand, is that with a thermal or without? Uh, nine grand with thermal. So seven without. And so you could do, because will that do 4K 60? No, 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 it won't. It'll only do 4K 30. All, okay. the, all the DJI Enterprise drones, they're reducing the frame rates to 30 frames or nothing. Okay. Which hmm. sucks. But if you're doing remote drone operations for construction, you've seen the box that they have for the M30T. And that is becoming like one of the go-to solutions for drones in a box outside so of easy aerials. Just to be clear, define remote. When I say a in remote drone, I don't mean like how we used to call, you know, drones, what was it, RPAs, remotely piloted vehicle or RPVs, whatever. I mean that like, let's take Josh, for example. Let's say Josh has a construction job in Denver and he's in Idaho and he needs a quick map of something. Josh can go into his DJI flight hub. He can see the, the M30T at the construction site that's down in, let's say, Denver, Colorado. And he can click activate and activate that drone, have it fly a mission. And it's going to be uploading photos into his folder as it's flying. That's what I mean by a remote. Okay, that's what I thought you meant. I wanted to clarify because that's a relatively new thing. And there's waivers that you're going to have to get to be able to do that. Yes. That are not easy, are they? No, they're formulaic now at this point. They are? Yeah, we actually have a couple from clients that... Um, they've given us permission to like, hey, go use this and help other people get them too because the FAA is very finicky on that. Once they've approved one, they literally have to approve any other one that's written the exact same way, flown the exact same way because it's already been approved. Otherwise, it's discrimination and they can be sued for that and lose their job. So we know that uh, the formula works. If everyone remembers, you know, other people out there will take, you know, credit. But we did more night waivers than any other school or all other schools combined. So, you know, when it comes down to waivers, it's something that we definitely have a knack for. Mm -hmm. Uh, Remote operations are super easy. We have one client who got remote operations with Beyond Visual Line of Sight for 10 miles. That's saying something. That is definitely saying. And one of the things it's saying is that the FAA is kind of opening up their, what is the term? They're expanding their scope of reasonable operations. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Well, I think you're, I think you're onto something too. Like when we say like, oh, they got remote ops with 10 miles of BVLOS. What does that mean? Drones are ultimately really safe. Yeah. It also means that the FAA is playing a little bit of nanny daddy of like, well, we want to see what's going on. Okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> you know? I, I, yeah, <laughs> so. and again, that you know they they're they're tasked with keeping the airspace safe, so. I don't know what that. Yeah. Anyways, I don't. I really don't want to go down that road. No, I don't either. <laughs> it's more about the drones either. and and what we can help Scott with. Um, I'm actually a little bit surprised because what I think I hear you concluding is that because one of the things I heard Scott saying was that his 
the work that he's doing is is pretty diversified. And if that is the case, I'd stick with a phantom. Stick with a phantom. Unless he's doing very specific stuff like the cell cell tower jobs, got to have the M3E. You know, construction mapping jobs, the phantom still works mm-hmm. just fine. So, in fact, I just got a job, the one I told you about last week that, yeah. I, that didn't go through. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we don't, they're like, we don't care what drone it's flown with. We can't even check. We don't know how to check. Just give us a one inch ground sampling distance. That's all we care about. So, I think, and that's still a big thing. I think that sometimes, and, and I will say this, that it's good to pursue excellence in what we're doing and yeah. what you're doing. But at the same time, I think a lot of customers they're not shooting for that same level. They don't even know it exists oftentimes. They're just like, this is what I need to know. This is the problem I'm trying to solve. Please help me solve it. Yeah. Right. And it's probably not nearly as complex as we sometimes make it. That said, the more excellent you are, the further ahead you're going to stay. Yeah. Well, remember that whole, remember that whole show that we did where it's like, it's not about what drone that you fly or what job it's about your capacity to problem solve and get the job done. Totally. I think that that is very, very real. So, in fact, we should do a total podcast on the top five things that most drone pilots suck at because I think a lot of drone pilots would get more work if they like were more professional, if they were more punctual. Mm. You know, if they're better people, people, uh, that doesn't make sense. But if they're... I think uh, it does. Yeah. yeah. They know that. I think they know that Charismatic, you know? Well, yeah, I don't know. You're, I, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're either charismatic or you're not. I mean, you can learn a little bit, but you can learn to be a little bit more uh, likable. I don't know what it is. Anyways, that would be an interesting podcast. I really think it would. Yeah, I do. I do. So, well, um, I think that's going to do it for our show today. If you have a question, go to askdroneu.com. One question that I've been seeing a lot of people asking on LinkedIn hasn't made it to the show yet is, do you think that ACSL is going to become DJI's newest drone competitor? And they are the manufacturer that's out of Japan. And I would argue that what they've produced is the equivalent of a Mavic Pro. So maybe their first rendition is is that and they can keep growing. I think only time will tell. How many companies have we seen now? It's $10,000 for that drone? For the Soden? You got to be kidding me. Okay. The answer is no. <laughs> well... That's going to do it for us today. AskDroneU.com. <laughs> we believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.